How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jesse. Tim, how's it going, sir? Uh, it's going pretty well, going pretty well. Uh, just busy. Yeah, just life? Yep, way she goes, though. Yeah, it is the way she goes, Tim. But you know what's also the way she goes? is talking about our cover athlete for today's episode, Season 6, Episode 21, in chronological order, Episode 145, the Parker Kelly edition of the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. So, just a little background about Parker Kelly. He was signed as a free agent with the Ottawa Senators in 2017. He has played parts of three seasons with the Senators and is currently in his third season with the club, recording one goal, three assists for four points in 54 games. I'm going to yeah, say for a he's guy... he's a nice little spark pup. <laughs> he is. For a guy who... I like him in the bottom six. I wish he could have been producing more offensively, but... He's... You're right. He's just a spark plug. Yeah, and as your 13th forward, you can't really ask for more. No, I mean, we got the same sort of production out of Tyler Mott, and we traded for him. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry, well, we traded away Tyler Mott. Yeah, but we traded for him, too. No, we signed him as a, a late free agent. Oh, fuck. No, you're... No, sorry. You're right. I thought... Sorry. I thought memory served me correctly. I thought we... Yeah. Eh, way she goes. Yeah. Honestly, I like Parker Kelly. Yeah, he's fun to watch. I... I thought he was gonna have... Well, I should have... No reason to expect any sort of offensive upside from an undrafted, but... Honestly... He looked like he had a little more offense to him earlier in his career. Mm -hmm. But uh, the nice thing is, is at least he's defensively stable. So, yeah. like, he's not going to cheat you for effort. And uh, I think coach will. He could probably yeah, effectively break a rush. But don't expect him to do much on the other end. No, he's very much like he can get a breakaway or two every now and then. He just doesn't finish. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like the Senators have had numbers of guys like that. We've had it with Connor Brown. We had it with Eric Condra, who is the OG. We've had well, I'd say Connor Brown had offensive upside. Yeah, but I'm talking about guys who would like. Oh yeah, Alex Borg, he just go on a fucking breakaway. They couldn't finish. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like even when Katrina and I went to the game last year in Vancouver, we're sitting there and we're like, "Oh, Formington's got a breakaway. Yeah, he's not going to score." Turns out he did not. No. And you know where he is now? He's in Europe. Yeah. That's uh, that's really something. It is, Tim. It is. Now, what also is something, though, is our cover athlete for next week's episode, Season 6, Episode 22, in chronological order, Episode 146, the Patrick Wearcotch edition of the show. It's funny, because we'll be talking about him tonight, and then next week, too. Yeah. You know what's funny, and I do want to comment here about Patrick Wirkosh because I think our listeners know we're getting into the part of the episodes where you're we kind of don't have much to choose from when it comes to the cover athletes. So yeah. I think I've just come to the decision that instead of doing the poll, I might just do one that's the most obvious. Because honestly, like, you know, when you get to like say in episode 50 and you have like maybe two players it's and neither one of them people know who they are just like oh all right that's what we're doing here 
Yeah, like I can't remember the cover athlete we had. I think it was a season or two, probably two seasons ago, where we I couldn't find a picture of the player on the ice. I just found his headshot. <laughs> that's that, all I remember. That's I could, beauty. I only found the headshot is him as a center. <laughs> yeah, which Incredible. kind of sucks because you know I really like putting up those cover athlete polls. I really like the engagement we get. Well, yeah, they're fun. They are. They are. And sometimes, you know, you'll actually get people that send in comments and stuff on it. And it's really cool. So I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd Tim, like to see more. Exactly. Now, Tim, I do got to make a comment here before we go on to this episode. The Ottawa Senators were playing last night. Yeah, they were. Well, allegedly, anyway. Allegedly, yes. Now, I know I know that people want to know. Usually, I would ask how your week has been going, and I'm going to ask that too. But I got to ask, how was the game last night? Because you and your lovely wife, Chelsea, went. Yeah, and we also went with our buddy JP as well. So, uh, he unfortunately was cheering for Calgary. And uh, we'll talk. We'll probably break our usual Saturday to Saturday rule and talk about the game that happened on the Sunday. Because... Yep. We're talking about it now. And uh, honestly, the evening before the game was fun. I cheated a little on Lent and uh, we went out for dinner before. We went to a vegetarian restaurant. Uh, It's called The Coop in Calgary. And it's very good if you want to give vegetarian food a try. Okay, whereabouts in Calgary is it? Uh, It's on on the Beltline. So on 17th Avenue, close to 8th and 9th Street, Southwest. Okay. So yeah, it's just good, good, good spot. Uh, the dishes are kind of tapas style, so you share them. And uh, we ended up getting this, uh, like a pad, a peanut free pad thai. So it's okay. peanut free, meat free pad thai that was actually really good. Uh, their pineapple fried rice was quite good. Uh, the quesadilla I wasn't a fan of, but that's just because I don't like feta. Yeah, feta is a cheese that it's an acquired taste. And it's definitely love it or leave it. Yes, absolutely. I took a bite. Chelsea's like, you might not like this. Yes. And she's like, I'll happily eat the rest of that. (laughs) The best way I could describe feta cheese is, you know, when you put milk in the fridge and you leave it for too long, it gets all lumpy. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, I I can appreciate that descriptor. Yeah, so then we went to the game, and uh, yeah, we're seated around a bunch of other Seds fans, and that was pretty fun uh, until the wheels came off the bus after five minutes in the game. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about the game, but I do want to ask about the atmosphere, because I love hearing you talk about the atmosphere in Calgary. I ask about it every year. Now, given that both the Flames and the Sens are fighting for a playoff spot right now, I got to ask, how was the fan interactions between the both teams? You could tell the Sens fan, like, there was a larger sense representation in the building than there was in years past to the point where uh, you're getting dueling chants. I heard about this, actually. I did hear that there were some go sense go chants in the building. Yeah, we got a few going. Uh, there was there were Zoobs every time Zoob touched the puck. Uh, but no, the Calgary fans were deaf. They, they got a good show and uh, they were very appreciative of what they got. Because honestly, even though the Sens didn't play didn't play great, Jacob Markstrom put on a show. And that's something that they have not seen in a very long time. And they were very appreciative of every insane save that oh he made. Oh my god, that one save on Debrinkat where he came to the left side. He just gov up like, like it was nothing. 
Yeah, I said to Katrina because we were watching the game. I just look at her. I'm like, okay, I'll give that to Markstrom. That was a nice save. Yeah. No, Markstrom made a couple dandies. Like, yeah, yeah, he played well. He did. And it was really unfortunate that the Senators didn't play great. They looked gassed for sure. And I'll definitely talk more about the Canucks game when we get to the games later tonight. But one comment I do want to make, because Chelsea actually messaged me last night because she <laughs> sent me two two messages. She goes, by the way, I'm wearing that jersey you hate. This yeah. says. But also, I'm going to bring it up because I'm trying to... It was something about Harvey the Hound fighting Spartacad. And it made me laugh. And I was like, let's see what she says here. She says, oh, I want Spartacat to wrestle Harvey the Hound. And I says, Katrina says Harvey would win. Oh, no, it's a lion versus a dog. I know. That's what uh, Chelsea said, too. She's like, Spartacat's got claws. It's got claws. And I think Spartacat also has a sword sometimes. Yeah, and he's he's a lion. He's got the helmet, too. He's got a centurion helmet. Yeah, like, he's a lion who could use weapons. Like, he's gonna win. But anyway, honestly, they should do that more. Like, the... But it's a shame, like, the mascot... They don't pay the guy in the suit enough to travel. They really don't. They don't. And I actually have a really funny funny idea given about that comment. It says, you know how in wrestling they have, like, the Royal Rumbles? Yeah. What if we just had? What if they just had a giant Royal Rumble with all of the NHL mascots? I wonder who would win out of that. Well, didn't they have at the All Star Game a couple of years ago the mascot match, where they got the mascots playing three on three? Yeah, something like that. But Royal Rumble style—that'd be pretty funny, actually. I'm going to say right now that I would think Carlton the Bear would get knocked out very early because he's a big bear. I would say, I mean, yeah, I would say Har- Carlton gets knocked out. I would say Gritty probably gets knocked out because he's pretty big. He's not very mobile. Oh, but he's he's got that dog in him, though. So so does Yuppie. Yuppie's yeah. got that dog in him. I, I think Yuppie would put up a fight. Yeah, but Gritty threatened murder within the first hour of his existence. True. True, but if you put him in a ring, though, yeah, he's got that uh, jailed cracked crackhead energy to him. That's true. I think I think Spartacat would do all right. I think Bailey, the LA Kings mascot, would do all right because he's also a lion. I think the Golden Knights mascot is just a guy. Isn't he like a like a dinosaur kind of? Oh, yeah, he is a dinosaur. What which mascot are we thinking of? That's just like a guy in a suit of armor. I think, know what? I think that is Vegas, but I think one of their pregame things. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about the club is Blue Jackets mascot? I think that's a like a hornet or something. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a hornet. Some sort of swamp bug. Yeah. Stinger. Yeah. I think all the lion mascots would do well and the panther ones. Like anything that could any suit that allows a guy to move around in it. Yeah. Yeah, because like, yeah, Carlton's pretty immobile. Yeah. What about Sabretooth? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. What's the Kraken's mascot? Oh, that's the troll. Ew. Yeah, I didn't see it actually when I was in Seattle. I was very disappointed about it. Maybe you were spared some indignity. Maybe. Because that kid doesn't get paid enough to wear that suit. No. No, he doesn't. I'm trying to think, who's the Oilers one? 
I know they have one. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, I think Edmonton's got one. Oilers map. Oh, it's some sort Hunter the Lynx. Oh, the Bobcat. Yeah, it's a Lynx. Okay, I okay. You all know, give the Edmonton one credit. I don't know. The only thing I remember about mascots in uh, the the Oilers is that time Craig McTavish ripped Harvey's tongue out. Oh, what about uh, what about Ganache? Ganache, the fucking Nash. Yeah, the Predators one. Yeah, yeah. But that's just I just appreciate the name. They saw their pun and they went with it. I know. Hey, mass respect, though, man. Mass respect. Yeah. By the way, I think that should just be like a like a Twitter poll or something. You know how like I, I can't recall who is on Sense Twitter. They have like the the hottest senator thread going. <laughs> that would be funny if we had the mascot Royal Rumble thread going. That would be a good one. I'm surprised it, like the Athletic or something hasn't done that or or like the NHL itself hasn't done something like that. I know. Hey, maybe we should pitch that to Ian Mendez for the Athletic. Or do you think yeah. maybe Ian's not maybe Ian's not dignified. Ian's just like I'm too dignified for this. I don't think so. He seems to like fun. That is true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's done our podcast a couple of times and <laughs> he even swore on it, which made me happy. Oh, yeah, he dropped a death bomb. I forgot about that. You know, the best part about that is remember when we had Brent Wallace on and we asked him about that? And he's like, look, I can't say that Ian's lying because it does sound like something I would do. <laughs> I actually had to go back and listen to that episode. The Brent Wallace interview was fun, though. I had fun. Oh, there. yeah. Oh, so, one thing I do want to mention. Go for it. At this pit, like, the three of us, when we were watching this happen, it was during a TV timeout. So the whole game was sponsored by uh, Tourism PEI. And uh, one of the prizes in the arena was a uh, basically an all expenses paid week long trip to PEI. And they're like, okay, we're going to have people sit down based on characteristics. And uh, these are the characteristics. And please, I want your opinion on is this dumb? First, anyone wearing Senator's gear had to sit down. Then anyone in the upper bowl, that anyone it, not in row 111. That anyone not in row 11 of row 11. And then the winner was the person sitting in seat 11. Like, and we were just looking at each other. It's like, couldn't they have just said, can the per everyone sit down to the person in row 11, 11, 11, please set. Like, I get it. They're trying to make it suspenseful, but we're just like, really? This is how you're going about this? Yeah. Do you, you really need to fill the TV time out that bad, huh? I know that just—I don't know—that just sounds like a big waste of time to me. Yeah, well, I guess they had a couple minutes to kill while you guys watched Toyota ads. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, I, I get it. Well, well, it'd be like Toyota ads, gambling ads. You yeah. know what we didn't see though? Uh huh. Remember those ads when we were watching the Oilers game at your mom and dad's place? ads were those the uh we can't afford voting ndp or something oh yeah those were aggressive we're getting those on youtube all the time and then the ndp has fired back with you cannot afford another ucp government it's like okay if you guys are just gonna go on the same leg and you're gonna be annoying about it and i can't skip your ad on youtube 
you've lost my vote. Imagine if that's how like voter turnout would be. Be like, yeah, I got tired of your ad on YouTube, so I've decided not to vote for you. It would be an improvement. It'd be a major fucking improvement. Holy shit. Yeah, it would be like Homer in that one episode. He goes, you know, I don't agree with his Bart killing policy, but I do agree with his Selma killing policy. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? When you were talking about the all, all expenses paid trip to PEI, I remember we were watching, not we look forward to Price is Right. We're watching Price is Right one time, and they had this couple from the States and they won a week-long trip to Winnipeg. I might actually take PEI over freaking Winnipeg. That was the prize. And I said, that's it. And, and we were sitting here watching, like, that's a terrible prize. That would be like if you're from Calgary or Edmonton, and you're like, you get a week paid vacation to BAM. It's like, hey, no. A week, a paid vacation in Banff could actually just be hype. There, like, even if it's just like a couple hours away, like if they put you up at like a really nice hotel, and they gave you a park pass and then gave you some spa days, that would actually be freaking incredible. Look, I'm not. And saying, I'm saying that from Calgary, that'd be awesome. Holy like, shit! That wouldn't. I'm not saying it would be wouldn't be great. I'm saying it's like you know, you go on the prices right, and you're expected to have like this really going to like. I don't know, Hawaii or Mexico or some like... Yeah, but Banff is not on the same level as fucking Winnipeg. I know, but the Winnipeg one, it was hilarious. They didn't even have pictures of Winnipeg. They had like, I don't know, the Fairmont Rudeau or whatever thing in Winnipeg they have, and they had pictures of polar bears. (laughs) That don't even come to Winnipeg. (laughs) No, they don't. They're not even from Winnipeg. Like, okay, northern Manitoba, I can maybe believe that. Yeah, but you're not going to Thompson. Yeah, you're not going to where... Where the hell is Jordan Tutu from in Manitoba? Oh, what Wasn't he from Thompson? No, or was he from Winston? Church Sorry, Churchill, Churchill. Yeah. I just, I thought that was so funny. It's like, what fucking prize is that? You're going to Winnipeg on a vacation. All I'm saying is I would happily accept a a good all-expenses-paid vacation to Banff. Like, if they put you up in, like, the the Fairmont or the Rimrock up in Banff. Yeah, that's fair. But imagine if, like... Or Lake Louise. Oh, that'd be awesome. I would love to skate on Lake Louise. That'd be amazing. All the but skiing like, around there is fantastic, too. Yeah, but imagine if you got a paid vacation, some sh- some little... Some, some, town that really nobody wants to go to like prince george you found a place worse than winnipeg or cranbrook imagine that you're like yeah i'm gonna go on an oh paid vacation to cranbrook british columbia where cranbrook oh yeah it's the kootenays the only thing i know about cranbrook is that they have the Kokanee Brewery there. Brewery there. No, that's Creston. That's Creston. Creston. That's not even freaking Cranbrook. No, my stepdad worked at the at the brewery in Creston. <laughs> it was hilarious. He used to tell me all the time. He's like, "Yeah, if you had like any defect bottles or anything, like there was like the bottle was weirdly shaped or whatever, they threw them in the lunchroom." <laughs> So it was not uncommon. It was like the 70s. So it was not uncommon to see employees be smashed at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. 
because they had all the free beer in the fridge. Oh, good lord! Let's see what what do people even do in Cranbrook. I don't know. The Wikipedia article has nothing. The only thing that they mention is uh, Bowen Byron's from there. Oh, and Stevie Y. Yeah, I knew about Stevie Y. Like, it's funny. You you hear some of the players who were born in BC but didn't actually grow up, really grow up here. Like, Steve Irishman was born in Cranbrook. He grew up in Nepean. Yeah. Cam Neely was born in, Cam- not Cranbrook, Comox. He grew up in Saskatchewan and Maple Ridge. Actually, I think the Niedermeyer brothers both were, they grew up in Cranbrook. Yeah, but they were born in uh, Castle Garth. I mean, come on. That's like two hours down the fucking road. I know, but I know, but I'm My family grew up in Castlegar. Yeah. I think it's a ghost town or something, isn't it now? No, Castlegar still exists. They have an airport. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I I don't know. I thought I read somewhere it was like it was a ghost town now. No? People my uncle still lives in Calscar. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misinformed, Tim misinformed so i do want to oh no it's not castle guards cassiar oh cassiar oh. cassiar is the ghost town and that place is uh way up there castle gar is also in the kootenays yeah yeah cassiar is a ghost town ah okay that's what i'm thinking of that's what i'm thinking of so i do want to talk a little bit about my week tim now, one thing we didn't talk about on last week's episode because we just got right into talking about the trades. The previous, like the day before we episode, was my birthday. Nice. And yeah, I went. Oh, I went way too hard on my birthday and really regretted it. Like all week, like my anxiety was not good. Like it was bad all week. Mm. It was just one of those things where I'm just like, I I knew like you know. I've been very open in here. Like if I drank and I get hammered and I'm hungover, I get depressed for like two or three days. Yeah. And then it goes away and then I'm fine. But it just, it lasted for a fucking week. And I was like, oh, this is not good. And, you know, when I talk about my mental health and I've talked about it here on the show, but the one thing I never really talked about, Tim, is that for whatever reason, I'm one of these people that, and I'm going to bring this back. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about Bill Burr on Conan podcast and he talked about how he was laughing at precious. And he said, he always laughs at the most inappropriate things Yeah. for me. It's always those times where I think of the most ridiculous shit and I start laughing about it. Like, and here's a good example. Now I know you grew up in England. Did yep. you ever watch Mr. Bean when you were over there? Yeah. Okay, so when I was a kid growing up in Canada, the CBC had it on TV. Don't know why the CBC had Mr. Bean. I question why the CBC had a number of shows at one time. But anyway, I'm watching and there was this one episode where Mr. Bean goes to like the school for a fundraiser. And it was just the most ridiculous thing ever. I think there was a part of the episode where... He's in a bathroom stall. He likes this one guy's shoes. So he reaches under it, grabs his shoes. He's fighting with the guy. (laughs) I always thought that was hilarious. But then, so he exits the school. He's walking back to his car. He stops and sees this little like table with bake, like bake goods. It's like a bake sale. So he's like, you know, he gives us a little, he doesn't really say, he doesn't say anything. So he's like, okay. So he gets a cupcake. He starts eating a cupcake. Well, the next thing you know, a tank comes over and runs his car over. (laughs) 
And I, I don't know why I had not thought of this in over 20 years. And I thought about this last, this past week and I just bursted out laughing. I was just like, I remember how ridiculous this is. I was like eight or nine years old <laughs> saw this for the first time. And I was crying. I was laughing so hard when it was just this guy who's completely oblivious to the fact his car is being run over, even though he's standing maybe 25 or so, uh, about, yeah, about 50 feet, give or take. Yeah. You mean to tell me you can't hear a tank running it over and he's eating a cupcake? And that's what it's, I'm bringing it back to because Bill always says there was just something that the mother said something so fucking mean in the look on her face. It's like, oh. it was Mr. Bean's face when he turned around and saw the car. The look on his face, he had the same sort of look and he walks over. And the one thing I remember about the car was that he didn't have like, the car didn't have a lock, but he had like a padlock on it. And he found that the padlock still worked and he was so happy with himself. <laughs> I don't know why I thought about that. I just started laughing. I'm like, it was so stupid and ridiculous. And I loved it. <laughs> I mean, between this and there was an old interview I saw with the Foo Fighters one time. It was on, I remember not, wasn't Studio Q. It, it was um, Strombo, Strombo opposite, mm. Strombo show. And so, Dave Grohl was talking about when the band went on tour with Bob Dylan. Like they did a big, you know, hockey arena tour, whatever, in Canada. And Dave's hanging out backstage one day and somebody comes up and goes, Hey, Dave, uh, Bob wants to talk to you. And he's just like, Bob, who? He's like, Dylan. He's like, Oh, are we in trouble? No, no, no. It's cool, man. He just wants to talk to you. And Dave says, and he walks over to Bob and Bob's leaned up against a wall with a hood over, leather jacket. And I guess he asked him, if he can cover Everlong. <laughs> and all I and all I imagined, and I was telling my buddy Trey about this, the only thing I imagined was Bob Dylan telling Dave Grohl, he goes, you know, Dave, I just want to ask you about the Everlong. And, you know, the way he fucking talks. Yeah. And I thought of that. And again, it's one of those things where I'm just like, why do I find that so fucking funny? Like, it's just like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's Bob Dylan asking Dave Grohl if he can cover Everlong. And then I started crying and laughing again because I'm now picturing Bob Dylan asking us and then singing Everlong. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But thankfully, the mental health is now evening out, so it's all good. But I did get a chance to do something yesterday. Okay. So, I went to Victoria twice this weekend. Nice. Because, as you know, I had to get the measurements done for the suit for the wedding. But the Sunday afternoon, and for whatever reason, so I haven't been to a movie theater in probably four, five years, roughly, give or take. Okay. And, of course, COVID really put a damper on that because that's, you know, we weren't allowed to for a long time. But... For whatever reason, this past weekend, I was like, man, I really want to go to the theater. And we, or I sat on this one movie I wanted to see. Okay. Now, I'm sure the listeners might be shocked to hear about this. You've heard of the movie Cocaine Bear, correct? No. Okay. And I'm, I hope that you're just joking with me because that's not very cool. But I've never heard of this movie. You've never heard of Cocaine Bear? No. It's this movie where basically it's a movie about in the mid 80s 
there were these drug dealers that threw like, I don't know, 70 or 80 pounds of cocaine out on an airplane. They got stuck in a, in a national park in Georgia. So one of the bears found the Coke and started eating it and started going on a rampage. Okay. So the bear does Coke. Yeah. The bear does Coke. It's in the fucking title. It's in the title. Like, okay. It's not like the movie Jaws. If you look at that and be like, Oh, I wonder what that movie's about. It's cocaine bear. And so I said to Katrina, I was like, you know, do you want to go see cocaine bear in the theater? That just sounds like such a stupid (laughs) movie. That you're like, I kind of need to see this in the theater to really witness it. So we went. And I will say one thing. I think a lot of our listeners will agree with me. Movie theater popcorn, it hits differently. Yeah. I don't know why. It's in a good way, though. That's the thing. But you can tell, like, even our bag, you can tell it was, like, old. Like, it's been sitting all day. It's yeah. Like, uh, so we only ate maybe a quarter of it, and that was it. But anyway, so we get into the movie, and we sit down, and we're like, okay, this is going to be a movie. The theater is, like, empty. There's maybe, like, including us, I think there was maybe 10 people in the entire theater. Oh, it's like when I go to see my Weeaboo movies. Yes. But the two things I do got to comment about this. Okay, so number one, there was this guy in the theater And it's like when I go to hockey games, I love people watching because you see some people and you just got to make some comments. But there's this one guy in the theater and he was like, he was a tall, lanky guy, leather jacket, long hair. And you're going to laugh because I looked at Katrina and she saw him and I saw him and I'm just like, hey, babe, is it me or does that guy kind of look like Tim? Oh, and it was because his hair, he had the hair just like yourself. Oh, like the like, crop. Yeah, like long hair and everything. And oh, I, I kind of, like, I cut the long hair. No, you did. You did. But definitely before you got a cut, though. Okay, yeah. Back, like, when I was just too lazy to go during, after COVID. Yeah. And Katrina sees him and sees me. And, like, she starts nodding. She goes, yeah, actually, I was thinking that, too. Oh. Yeah. But it's nice that we were thinking of you, though, Tim. <laughs> So the movie starts, and you, it's not going to win any awards. It's a, it's a movie called Cocaine Bear. You're expecting a bear's going to be on coke, and stuff's going to happen. Yeah. The first quarter of that movie, garbage. It sucked. It was like, it's basically just character introductions to a bunch of people who get eaten by the bear. Right, so it's a waste of everyone's time. Pretty much. Everybody knows you're really there to see the bear. And they didn't give any, like, big, like, character developments. It's just, here's a guy. Here's another person. Here's some other guys. Uh, like, really, you know they're, they're not going to last to the end of the movie. And then the movie goes on, and when they eventually go out into the wilderness... And they find this big duffel bag full of coke on in a, in a gazebo. And then the bear shows up and the movie all of a sudden got somewhat good. <laughs> like the last third of the movie, it was actually not too bad. I was like very, passable. It was, it was fun. It was fun because, you know, like the drug dealers are trying to find the coke. This family's trying to leave the park. And then the bear shows up with their cubs, and it's like, uh-oh. 
Yeah. Yeah, but honestly, I don't regret. I don't regret going to see it in the theater. It was what it was. Okay. Yeah. I think if if you're interested, if you're like mildly curious to see it in the theater, I'd say go for it. I I found it all right. I mean, and it's funny because I walked out of the theater with Katrina and I'm just like, you know, I don't regret seeing it in the theaters. It was fine. Well, that's about it. Right. Yeah. Now, Tim, you know, usually when we talk about our week, we would re- we would segue into top of the hour. But I do want to talk a little bit about last week's episode because last week's episode was our trade deadline episode. Every year we do the trade deadline episode. And we strictly talk about trades. Yep. It's in the title. It's like cocaine bear. Honestly, I want to get your take about what you think of the trade deadline episodes that we do. Because I think for me, they're definitely episodes that are so hard to get into a rhythm just because we're reading it, give our thoughts, repeat. Yeah. Maybe we curate it down to a few key trades and then just in general. That might be a better way to go about it. Yeah, because I found even for myself, and I, and I hope people enjoyed hearing what we were talking about, especially when I thought John Klingberg was actually a good player. You can laugh at me, and that's fine. It's okay. But yeah, it's one of those things, even editing it, it was such a slog to get through, because I'm just like, oh, Jesus, okay, we gotta hear about this trade. This trade nobody cares about. Yeah, it's just minor league deals. like Minor league deals and small trades. I mean, talk about the Chikrin trade was fun. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's just. It happened. It was. It's not much you could really say, eh, Tim? Exactly. But what we can talk about, though, is this segue into this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. Nice. Not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. Got her down. Yeah, we got into it, and that's all that matters, man. Exactly. So, Tim, thankfully for Top of the Hour, we don't really have any trades to talk about. We do have a couple of news stories to talk about. Let's start off with talking about Vancouver Canucks defenseman Tyler Myers, who played in his 900th career game during the team's game versus the Nashville Predators. Myers, drafted 12th overall by Buffalo in 2008, have recorded one goal, 10 assists for 11 points in 59 games for Vancouver, at the time of the signing, or time of the story. I don't know. Tyler Myers is just one of those guys that kind of exists, and he probably continues to exist because he is big. Because I watch him, and I'm like, I don't know about this guy. Yeah, even in his days in Buffalo, you can kind of like, eh. Like he had one good year in Buffalo? Like his rookie year, it was like, okay, this I see what they were going for with this guy. And then it just, meh. Yeah. But you know what, though? Kudos to him for getting 900 games out of a career. Because honestly, you look at a lot of big men defensemen in the NHL, they don't last this long. No. No, I'm still not sure why the Canucks signed up to that contract, but... We're not sure why the Canucks do a lot of things, let's be real. Yeah. I know. I mean, we we talked about that when Brujo got fired. We're just like, yeah, this is all on the ownership. But you just look at some of the moves they did. Like Tucker Pullman was a big one. Yeah, that was a definite why. 
I mean, some of the acquisitions they've made, I understand why they did it. Like the Louis Erickson deal. I understand why. It's just that he completely flamed out when he got to Vancouver. Yeah, that one was surprising. Yeah. The JT then, Miller side or trade. Or was he the, I don't know, the JT Miller was a trade, but that was actually a JT Miller has been good for them. It's just been it's been toxic. Yeah, and the timing was probably not great. Well, like I guess they thought they were coming out of a rebuild or something. I don't know. But yes, yeah. Tucker Pullman. What happened to Tucker Pullman? Oh, he's L- LTIR. Incredible. Yeah, same with Tanner Pearson, too. Which is a shame, because I think the, tan- the Tanner Pearson pickup was a good idea. Same with Ilya Mikheyev. But Lamo all injured. Yeah. Then OEL's injured. Ethan Bear. The OEL trade still doesn't make any sense to me because you could tell he was on a decline. Yeah. Maybe they'll just Robodaw Island OEL. He's 31. It'll work. Yeah. Well, how many years does he have on that contract? He's got a couple more years left. Four more years at 7 million. Oof. Yeah. But then again, like they picked up Travis Dermott from Toronto, and I think that was a pretty good pickup. I like Ethan. The Ethan Bear pickup was in the right direction. So it's like, that's the thing about Vancouver is you kind of see some of the small stuff, but it's like, I'm not sure on the macro strategy. And like, our boy, Tyler Myers, is definitely that. Yeah. Well, at least for them, Quinn Hughes has hit. Quinn Hughes has hit. Kuzmenko has been Unreal. quite good for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, maybe if they get a bit healthier. And yeah, OEL decide OEL just reti- effectively retires. But then again, where do you get the extra? Where do you get the de- extra demon? Because like a defense core of Quinn Hughes, Tyler Myers, Philip Ronick, uh, Guillaume Brisebois, Christian Wallan, and an Ethan Bear or Travis Dermott, however you want to line that up, is not. Great. It's average. Yeah, because like Quinn Hughes is will definitely lead it. Christian will land. Travis, like a Dermot Bear pairing would work, I guess. Philip Ronick as your one one right is pretty rough. And then yeah, that's uh that's really something that they got there. That defense, that just it's the biggest bunch of mids that ever mid. Outside of Quinn Hughes. Yeah, exactly. And Philip Ronick is that was weird. And he still hasn't played for them yet. Right? Yeah, he's he's injured. Yeah. Just... Well, didn't the NHL they put in a rule or something after the deadline that you can't trade injured players or something? They they did something weird like that. Yeah. But it's like Philip Ronick is it is a good pickup by Vancouver, but it's just like the timing's not right. Yeah. Just a weird team. The, yeah, yeah, Tyler Myers is definitely emblematic of that. Yeah, it's just a number, one of the bigger head scratchers on the team, Tim. Yeah. I'm going to give another congratulations to Los Angeles Kings goaltender Phoenix Copley, who set the franchise record for the fewest games to 20 wins in a season with 29. Johnson Quick was the previous holder at 30 games. You want to talk about something weird? 
LA's goaltending with Cal Peterson just self-immolating. Quick just being. And here's the thing. LA's defense has been its core strength this year. So, like, the fact that Phoenix Copley was able to do this is really just such a massive indictment of uh, Cal Peterson. Yeah. Because it's not like Cal Peterson was being left out to dry here. No, and at least with Jonathan Quick, like, you can understand why, because he is at least 37 right now. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, okay, so he gets a pass. Cal Peterson doesn't, though. Cal Peterson's still a young kid, and he was expected to have a bigger role with the Kings this year, and he just hasn't got... That's why Phoenix Coplay is coming out of nowhere. Yeah, like, the Kings' defense has been... Like, it was a bit rocky at the beginning of the year, but then it really really solidified around November and just yeah been a core strength. Yeah. But yeah. So like I'm not that surprised because LA and LA is also playing in an easy division. Yeah, but you know what though? Phoenix Copley and their defense has to be the probably one of the big reasons they are in a playoff spot right now. Yeah. Well yeah, I, I can I can buy that, but Phoenix Copley himself has—he's been fine. Like he has been average, and that's all they needed, and that's why they brought in Jonas Corpusalo. Yeah, I mean, if this was 2019, that would be a slam dunk for them. I mean, Jonas Corpusalo has been good. On, well, he has been a better than expected goalie. On a god awful Columbus team. Yep. So uh, that might actually be a sneaky good pickup, especially because Gabrikov's been playing well for them too. So, Tim, you know, when I was putting top of the hour together for this week, you know, one thing that really came into my mind is that we haven't had a firing to talk about in a while. Ooh. And we actually get a firing to talk about. Philadelphia Flyers have fired general manager Chuck Fletcher after parts of five seasons. Fletcher, who was hired by Philadelphia in December of 2018, will be replaced by former Flyers captain Daniel Breer. So, Chuck, I would usually do my whole thing about, you know, we would like to thank you for all your service and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I really hope this call picks this up, Tim, because Chuck Fletcher... You're fired. God, I hope that really came through. It, it came through, but man. Well, in the call, like when I go back to listen to the recording, oh, I hope it came through because sometimes it doesn't. Just you want to talk about a team that's been just chronically mismanaged? It's the Philadelphia Flyers. Then somehow, on all of their significant UFAs. Chuck Fletcher was left holding the bag. Like he got not, he wasn't able to trade Van Dyke. He picked up Brendan Lemieux for some reason. Justin Braun is still there. He didn't even attempt to go after Goudreau in the offseason. Yeah. Like admittedly, losing Ryan Ellis to injury, losing Couturier, Atkinson, and Konechny all to injury hasn't helped things, but like, Man, I I still remember Botsty and I talking about this at the beginning of the like during the off season. Like, 
if Provorov and Ellis were hurt, all of a sudden, Philadelphia's top line and their big acquisitions were Rasmus Ristolainen and Anthony D'Angelo. That is uh, no bueno. Oh, believe me, we'll talk about Tony D'Angelo later in the top of the hour. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I look at the Flyers. Again, we look at the we laugh at the Canucks for looking like they don't know what the hell they're doing. Look at Philadelphia. Yeah. And uh, this is a firing that was uh, definitely cheered for by Flyers faithful. And uh, let's see what Danny Breer has going. Yeah, I mean, we see how his good buddy Chris Drury is doing with the Rangers. Oh, for sure. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know why a guy wasn't fired in the offseason. Maybe it's because Comcast is the owners, and apparently they're notorious for not doing things right. Fair. And it's funny because Carter Hart had a resurgent season this season, and that's wasted. Yep. Do you think if, do you think the Flyers are getting to the point in that city where it's just like they're becoming such a lower esque team, given that the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and the the Phillies went to the World Series? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're still going to be probably more popular than the 76ers who <laughs> were uh, owned by the same company <laughs> who were owned by the same company and have not been relevant since Allen Iverson was complaining about practice. That's not true. What about that one time that they made the playoffs in 2019 when the Raptors beat them? Oh, I forgot they even did that. Oh, good times. Good times. What was it? Kawhi Leonard? He just just yeah, pop it threes like it was bing, nothing. Bing, bing, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to ask like my buddies that watch basketball more, but I'm pretty sure the 76ers are uh, a team that exists, as we like to say. They definitely are. And you know what's funny? They were a team that definitely tried to go. Oh, actually, I shouldn't talk right now because I'm looking at the 76ers. They're 45 and 22. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, but they were a team for a while. It looked like their quote-unquote the process had failed them right because they didn't go deep they tanked hard and they did not go deep fair fair like their playoff record over the last five years is like they make the playoffs every year but then it's just like losing the conference semis or losing the first round it's like they might win a round but then they get steamrolled by whoever has the like the biggest name in the area right yeah but you know what? It's like back in the day when the 76ers had Iverson. It was like the same thing until you had that one year where Iverson just willed his team kicking and screaming by himself to the NBA Finals. And then they lost. Yeah. They lost to a Lakers team. And you know what's funny? I was talking about that Shaq show on Crave. Yeah. Do you know going into that NBA Finals 2001, the Lakers had not lost? They were 12 and 0 going into that game, into that series. I think they I think they won game either game 1 or game 2. I think the, I think the 76ers won game 2. And that was their first loss. Yeah. I think it was like 13 and 0 or something. And Iverson just by himself just won a game. 
Yeah, and then freaking LA steamrolls them after that. I know, but I mean, when you get a team with like Shaq, Kobe, like prime Shaq and Kobe, and a very, very good supporting cast around them, I, I get to understand why. Imagine if Allen Iverson hadn't wheeled them into that game and the Lakers actually just swept a postseason. Like, I think that would be more actually more impressive than the Dolphins' perfect season in 72 in the NFL. I was going to say, what about the 07 Patriots? Yeah, they, but they lost. Yeah, they went 17-0. and That's true. They went 17 and they just lost in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but they lost. I know. But, like, sweeping the NBA playoffs, especially a game that has as much variance as basketball, that's insane. So, unfortunately, Sam, we only got one signing to talk about. The Washington Capitals have re-signed defenseman Trevor Van Riebsdijk to a three-year, $9 million contract with an AAV of three. TVR have recorded seven goals, 14 assists for 21 points in 67 games for Washington at the time of the signing. Yeah, see? See? I, I tied it in there. JVR and TVR. Very yeah. Smart. No, no. Well done. Well done. But yeah, Trevor Van Riemsdyk has been just a solidly good player in Washington. And I feel like Washington's defense core never really got enough credit for just how quietly good it was. It, it was surprisingly the forwards that were kind of the weak spot outside of uh, Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, but I mean, you look at that forward core, it's not... It's not what it used to be, man. Because Backstrom's gone. Where's Backstrom? No, no, Backstrom's gone now, isn't he? I think he's just injured. Yeah. I don't think he's played at all. I mean, really, oh. outside, if you take Ovi, Kuznetsov, and Oshi out of the equation. No, Backstrom's there, and he's playing. Oh, Backstrom's actually playing? Okay, I thought yeah. he was hurt all year. Yeah, Anthony Mantha just didn't work out. Yeah. Tom Wilson... Dylan Strome is an interesting one. But yeah, it's just a very weird team. I, I like the idea. Sonny Milano's actually fit in well. Just the hard thing is, is like John Carlson's injured. Mm -hmm. And then I think trading Dmitry Orlov at that point was probably the right call. Yeah, especially when they went out and got Rasmus Sandin and too. Yeah, so I think if Washington get healthy and maybe get one more impact forward. They might just be back to the playoffs next year. It could be. Ovechkin Willem. Yeah. That, that's fair. I mean, I don't watch the Capitals enough to really fully give my honest opinion on what they what I feel about them. So, but one thing I can give my full opinion on, Tim, we got a fine and a suspension to talk about. All right. Best sort of wild mess out of wild forward. Ryan Hartman was fined. Wait for it, Tim. Four thousand. $594 and 59 cents, the maximum allowable under the CBA for slashing Calgary Flames defenseman Rasmus Anderson. That was a wicked slash. It was. And I'm very glad that they added the sets in there. That makes me very happy. Yeah, I'm a little yeah, That was a wicked. You're right. That was a slash. Holy shit. I'm a little surprised Rasmus Anderson didn't get a game for that one. Like, yeah, that is uh, something you do not want to see in the sport. And four thousand dollars is to me four thousand dollars is a pretty pretty nice chunk of cash. Yeah, almost well, almost forty six hundred dollars. Yeah, to 
to him, not that much. No, in the grand scheme of things, what pro athletes make. Yeah. So, Tim, we're going to close off top of the air by talking about a suspension. Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Tony D'Angelo was suspended two games for spearing Tampa Bay Lightning forward Corey Perry. D'Angelo also forfeited. You ready for this, Tim? $54,054.06. So what's absolutely incredible about this play is Tony Tony D'Angelo, in his defense of himself, basically insinuated that, yes, he did intend to spear him, but he did not intend to spear him in the groin, as if that makes it better. Yeah, that's like saying, hey, I didn't mean to burn your house down. I just mean to start a little fire in your garden. I, yeah, I meant to wreck your garden. Like, it's just like, come on. The guy's an idiot. And I think even Torts, it sounds like he's getting tired of him. Yeah, you know what? D'Angelo does not sound like a Torts kind of guy, though. No, but it's just been like, all right, buddy. All right. Well, there you go. remember Use how we're brain. talking about how the Flyers are mishandled, mis- mis- mismanaged. John Tortorella, right from the beginning, did not seem like a good fit at all. No. That seems like a team that would just look at him and be like, huh? Well, fuck off. Yeah. And they got maybe 10 quality games where it was really just Carter Hart stealing everything. Yeah. Just weird. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not sure how modern teams would react to Tort. Well, I guess Torts did have success in Columbus. Yeah, but he was, a, unlike Mike Keenan, he at least was able to adapt. Yeah. Whereas Keenan was just the way he was. He was like Milbury. He just kind of was what he was. And players either loved it or hated it. Yeah, fair. So, actually, sorry, I do want to make one final comment here about top of the air before we head off into the games, Tim. The Minnesota Wild. Now, there was a tweet I saw maybe a few weeks ago now, and I I apologize if I can't remember who, it was like Icelandics or something they tweeted out, that there is a possibility the Minnesota Wild may change their colors next season. Going away from like the, you know, the dark green and the red, what they're using Like now. the Christmas colors, yeah. The Christmas colors to the North Star colors. That bright green and yellow. Hmm. And I want to bring this in. Now, I want to segue back to this because that came up. Because, you know, a lot of teams now, they're going back to their old school colors. The Sens did it. It seems like Anaheim did it with one of their third jerseys. Especially nowadays with the reverse retros, you're seeing a lot of teams bring back their old school jerseys. The Canucks have their... You know, they're black the and yellow one, yeah. throwbacks. The One of the reasons I want to bring this up is because Adidas, and we haven't talked about this, Adidas's contract for the jerseys is expiring next year. Right. So there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of talk on who's going to have the rights to this. And I want to get your thoughts on this because I do think, apparently there are a few companies out there wanting to do this. Starter has definitely been one. Fanatics has definitely been one. Like doing the the actual jerseys. I do not want to see a Fanatics jersey. There's one company in particular, and I 100% think they're going to land it under armor. Yeah. There hasn't been a Nike jersey yet, has there? 
There has actually, oh, and it's funny because yeah. Ice Isletics was actually did a video about this in the last couple of days, because for years, CCM did all the NHL jerseys. Yeah, that was until 1995. Yep, the Avalanche had started doing their jerseys. They were like the lone wolf, and then like a couple of seasons later, Nike came into the picture. So you had CCM starter and Nike. Nike did right. like four or five teams. I think it was at Chicago, Anaheim. Detroit was definitely that, the yeah. one that I remember because they had Sergey Fedorov and all the Nike Bauer. Right, gear. right, right. So I think I think we should quickly talk about that. Like, what do you think about who would get? The, I know it's kind of off the cuff, but Under Armour jerseys would be like I could. So, do you wear a lot of Under Armour training gear? Uh, I don't have a ton. I have worn some of their gear, and it's like it's always very form fit, right? Yes. So I could see an Under Armour jersey being like, like, I think Under Armour already does some of the NHL practice gear. Can't confirm that. I yeah, I think they do some, but it's like it's always. It would, so I could see like an Under Armour jersey being like the Reebok Edge jersey. See, and I like the Reebok, and you and I have talked about this in the past. The Reebok Edge jerseys, I thought they fitted great. Yeah, it's just the teams need to design around them a little better. Yeah, and going talk about the Adidas ones. Because you have a bath jersey, I have the Shabbat and the Czech. I don't like the fit. I, I find I find that if you get one that's like an XL, it's way too short. And if you get a one size bigger, because well, they're too short and they're too tight. I found I got a size bigger. It's it's so baggy. It's longer, which I like, but it's so much baggier on me. Actually, yeah, I think. I think my Batherson is a medium or a large, and that actually fits me pretty well. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I usually wear a men's small t-shirt, so. Which is a little surprising, given that I'm 6'2", sorry, 6'1". Yeah. I'm just... You're all I'm leg. I'm just all leg slender. <laughs> you really you are all leg. That's the thing. Yeah, so it's like, I've never really had a problem with the Adidas fit. Yeah. Um, I I like the Reebok Edge fit a lot better. Same, same. Like I have, what do I have? I have uh, the Red 3D and I really like it. I really like how it fits. I think even for me, it caught me crazy, but you know, as much as I think they're so very cheap looking, I actually like the fit of the Fanatic ones. And you, we talked about this. They are so cheap looking, but the, the fit of the Jersey itself is really nice. That's fair. Actually, I remember I like the CCM fit. See, and that's funny. But it's like CCM is good for fitting over stuff. Yes, and I found because I've had a couple of the older jerseys, I found them very baggy. Oh, yeah, but I remember uh, where, like, I'd go skating on the Rideau Canal, and I'd be able to fit, like, a men's large CCM jersey over my winter coat, and I'd just go skating down the canal wearing that. I could see Under Armour doing it just because, you know, you look at a lot of companies. I'm trying to think now. I think Nike's one, like I said, Nike, Fanatics. Starter would be interesting because you're seeing the starter jackets coming back. There's a lot of, like, the new starter jackets. They're ridiculously expensive, though. That's the thing. Have you seen the Sens one that they are putting out? I no. think I, I want to say no. I can't be corrected. I want to say on the Sens team store. Uh, I 
Yeah, 140 USD. Yeah, they're like 260 bucks. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at the NFL. The NFL ones on the starter website are all like 150 USD. Yeah, I'm going to quickly bring this up here on the Ottawa Team Store website. See if I can find it here. Men's collection. I mean, they are nice jackets. Don't get me wrong. Oh, they are. But still, like, I would not pay that. Well, it's like, to be fair, like, to be fair. For the. Yeah, here it is. Those are okay. Those are nice jackets. Two fifty. That's still about the same price as the pre-decorated Adidas jerseys. Well, the prime green ones. The the Giroux ones actually more expensive than the Kachuk one, which is interesting. Yeah, that is actually kind of interesting. Oh, you can get one of the Stutzla. You can get a Stutzla reverse retro for two fifty. Eh. But even the Fanatics jerseys are like almost 200 yeah well if you like are you buying it right off the team store off the team store yeah if you're buying i think if you're buying off the fanatic store i think it's or the nhl's like the nhl shop i think it's cheaper might be wrong on that but right oh you get a discount on the said store if you're a caa member neat so long suckers No, do you have any more comments you want to make on the, the jersey talk? No, but okay, those I didn't know those starter jackets existed, but those are nice. They are. And you know what's funny? I there's a sports store in Victoria. They're carrying like starter jackets. They're nice. Yeah, they they look nice. They really are, man. They really are. Oh, I'd never be able to wear it in Calgary. Well, actually, it's a windbreaker. I'd probably be able to wear it. I think you could rock it. Yeah. All you need is like the big rope chain with the logo. <laughs> yeah. I, su- I swear, if I go to Ottawa, I want one of those. Oh, that'd be great. Well, Tim, that wraps up top of the air for this week, which can mean only one thing. Time to talk about some games. Now, we got three games on the schedule. We've got the Sens versus the Blackhawks, Sens versus the Kraken, and the Sens. First, the Canucks. But before we do that, let's hit the music. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. Okay, Tim, let's start talking about the Sens versus the Blackhawks. This is a 5 to nothing Blackhawks victory. Blackhawk goals were scored by Seth Jones with two, Philip Gushishev. Jason Dickinson and Lucas Reichel. Shots for 35 21 for Ottawa. So, this was a definite must win. We decided that winning was overrated. We lost. Yeah, that was a frustrating game, too, just because the four, like Ottawa skaters played quite well. Alex Stalock played better, saving three goals of a. Of a above expected and uh mad sogard uh put up a save percentage sub 800 so he was a lacrosse goalie is what you're saying he was a lacrosse goalie is what i'm saying and like admittedly i don't think any of the goals that were scored on him were terrible but you gotta have one 
Because like for the most part, Ottawa did a pretty decent ch- chance job at limiting Chicago's chances. Like Chicago got 24 shot attempts total. You win most games where you can limit your opponent like that. Especially when Ottawa had almost 50. You win most of those games. So it's just a really frustrating game. And it's one that Ottawa definitely deserved better in. Yeah, and you could definitely tell at the end of the game because frustrations completely boiled over. Like, there was scraps everywhere. I love that Brady wanted to go at it with Staylock, though. <laughs> Can you imagine a goalie Brady fight? Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. Do you think you would just get they would just suspend a guy for like a skater for fighting a goalie? Actually, I guess we've seen it before. Yeah, it was uh, with the Sens too. Oh yeah, oh Ray Emery. Uh, rest in peace, my man. But yeah, this is a game where I'm glad I actually didn't watch it. To be honest with you, (laughs) because I don't know. That's all I got, man. Sens versus Kraken. This is a 5-4 to four Senators victory. Sens goes to scored by Shane Pinto, Jacob Chikrin, Patrick Brown with his first goal as a Senator, Claude Giroux, and Alex Dabrinkit. Kraken goes to scored by Jared McCann with two, Jaden Schwartz, and Vince Dunn. Shots were 33-31 for Seattle. Now, note that I did say Jared McCann, Schwartz. Let's be honest. It was really the Sens who scored on those goals. They were weird, to say the least. I'm going to be very honest with you, Tim. I know that you can't see it. I swear I've got some gray hairs after that game. Because think of it. Okay, the Sens go up 3-0 in the first, not even the first 10 minutes. And I'm thinking, oh my God, we're going to roll with this game. It's going to be great. And then the Sens go on the power play. And this is, okay, you know how on Sense Twitter they would say, oh, this is the most Sense thing to ever happen? This right here is the most Sense thing to happen. The Sens have an amazing power play. They get a number of chances, number Ooh. of shots. As soon as the power play ends, the puck goes the other way and the other team scores. Well, at least it wasn't a shorthanded goal. Yeah, but it was one of those things. And you know what? I, I've i said this before. I Oh, wait, I, there was one. I <laughs> hate all the hate for Shabbat right now. That first goal, I do not blame him on that. Like, if people are like, oh, well, he's so slow. He's flat-footed coming back. He's at the fucking blue line. Like, you can't expect a guy to stop, turn around, and gut it as hard as he can. Yeah. Because he, he already has two guys gone. It was just a weird-ass bounce, right? Yeah, it was one of those bounces where it just hit his leg and went over. Yeah. And that's what happened. It was like... The Shabbat one off his leg. Chikrin, who I'm actually surprised didn't get hurt on the play prior where he got a slap shot right at him. Yeah. Okay, so the puck hits him and goes in. Okay, they're bad bounces, whatever. The third goal, the tied it up. You can see Solgar's like standing up going, what the hell just happened? And that's where like, I... If it wasn't for Claude Giroux scoring the tie at four, I would have full-on stroked out. Yeah. I was and just, then the oh. Debrinkat tie goal that just goes off a guy's leg. Yeah. Like, Ottawa earned that, that luck break there, but man, what a weird fucking game. 
it was a weird game. But you know what? There were some really good players out of this. Now, of course, we talked about the Jacob Chikrin trade in our last episode. We haven't got a chance to talk about him yet. So let's talk about him. Jacob Chikrin, one goal, one assist for two points on three shots. I've watched maybe a handful of games he's played in. God, he looks so good. Yeah. Like, he has been exactly as advertised, basically. Yeah, and it's been so nice to see, though. So nice to see. The only comment I can really make on Chikrin, though, is that I want to say it was this game. It was either this game or the Canucks game. Somebody was talking with him about his diet because the guy apparently is like an absolute beast off the ice. And he's talking about his diet. He goes, yeah, so I don't really eat carbs and this. But what he does, he eats like organs. Like he'll eat like raw like liver and hearts and crap like that. And somebody, and I was reading this. I think Kelly, our bod Kelly from the UK actually posted about this. And I read the I read the the thing he talked about it, and all I thought of is is Jacob Chikrin the real Liver King? Yeah, like if you've ever seen pictures of him in the gym, he is just like Jesus Christ. This guy's huge. That is uh, it's really something. Yeah, you could not pay me to eat that crap though. Yeah, fair. No. Paul Giroux, like I said. He's he is the only reason I didn't fully stroke out with a goal and assist on two points on two shots. Now, Patrick Brown, a gentleman that we picked up at the trade deadline, got his first goal as a senator. I want to try to think there because I think the senators now have four or five guys on this team whose dads played in the NHL. Yeah. Okay. Obvious is Brady. You've got Brady. Jacob Chikrin's dad was a former NHLer. Batherson's dad wasn't. Norris's dad was an NHLer. He was a, he was a pro player. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Norris. Um, father played for like a hundred games. Castellick, Ridley Grigg. Yeah, there's a lot NHL, and now you got Patrick Brown, whose dad is Dave Brown, former Detroit Red Wing and Stanley Cup champion. Yep. Now, do you have any more comments to this game? I do have one more comment to make on this game. If you got another one off the top of your head. No, but. uh, You know what you said? Like the starter jacket was expensive. Yeah. For some reason, my brain was like, let's go look at Holt Renfrew. Don't go look at Holt Renfrew. Even worse. There's coats that are 10 times that. Oh my god. I remember when I went up to Ottawa years ago, I was in I was in one of the shops near T D place. Oh yeah, in the Glebe. That'll be expensive. They had a coat there for like twelve hundred bucks. And I was like, ooh. And even the guy working at the store, he kind of was just kind of looking at me like, What are you doing over there, buddy? You can't afford that. Now, I think I probably mentioned about Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, like the newest NHL arena. I will say, and I will say this to anybody who brings up Seattle and the Kraken and whatever, I cannot recommend that building enough. 
because I got a chance to go into that building twice in my last time in Seattle. Uh-huh. For hockey, great. The Kraken fans are great. They're you can tell they're such a new team. They're so excited to have the Kraken there, and it's a, such a nice building. It really, really is. It's unfortunately it's a horseshoe in the concourse, so it is kind of a pain in the ass to to find yourself around. But I got the chance to see hockey. I got a chance to see wrestling in that building. I highly recommend it. Like if you and Chelsea ever decide to go down to Seattle, I would I'd recommend it, dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's even a guy who works on the site. He's a big Leafs fan. And it's funny, he and I were talking about that building. And I wanted to tell him because he was might go see the the Leafs play the Canucks next season. I wanted to tell him, don't don't waste your money going to see them in Vancouver. Drive to Seattle. Because honestly, yeah, like I'm going to a game next month in a couple of weeks anyway to go see the Flames because Katrina, that's her team. I don't know about you. I've just gotten to a point where I just, I don't like going to Vancouver anymore. Maybe that's just because I've been there so many times. It's just like the, the city's dirty. There's too many people. Isn't Seattle worse for that though? I didn't find Seattle to be that bad. I I'm, remember sure, I'm sure there are parts of Seattle that are bad, but actually, the, yeah, that's the two fair. times I've been down there. It's been very clean. Because I guess when I go down for the anime convention in SacraCon, I'm at the Washington State Convention Center. So that's just down Pine from Pike Place. And uh, yeah, that is that more towards like Soto? Uh, it's downtown. Uh, it's closer to the harbor. Hmm. Uh, so you get a lot of so it's like a Pine and Fifth. And it's, you get a lot of homeless, especially at night. Like Vancouver, like Vancouver's got nothing on Seattle. Uh, let's see here. Okay, yeah, it's uh, over by First Hill. Yeah, honestly, I've been to Seattle a couple of times and I've, yeah, I found it pretty clean. I mean, considering what Vancouver looks like. Maybe it's just I haven't spent enough town time in Vancouver recently, but I found like I was uh, down around uh, English Bay just this summer, and it seemed pretty pretty nice. Yeah, like there are nice places of Vancouver, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I've been there so many times. It's kind of just like it's just like yeah, we're just going to a game now. Fair. There's no real like specialness to it because I went to. How many games did I go to last year? I went to five. We see the set. I saw the Sens, saw the Flames. Those are obvious. And then we were over there for something. We went to see, saw Dallas, saw Tampa Bay. We see a fifth one. No, I guess I, I guess we only saw four last year. But yeah, still, Roger Arena. It's. It's an all right arena. But honestly, I think for me, I would rather go watch games in other buildings now just because there's a specialness. There's a you there's a real like I don't want to say magic, but there is a very specialness about that because you get to go to these buildings. Right. Like if I ever came to Calgary, as much as like the Saddle Dome is like the oldest building in hockey right now, to me, that's like, okay, I got to see a game in Calgary. Yeah. And the Saddle Dome has a good environment. 
this is also just going to be a complete fucking tangent, but somehow, like, there seems to be a yard house restaurant by every every major con site for, in the U.S. To the point where people are like, well, oh, where are you going to eat after the convention? Ah, just the yard house. Like, there's one, there's one at L.A. Live, which is next to uh, the L.A. Right. Convention Center, which is where AX is. There's one by, uh, frick, I forget what the site, I think it's the Gaylord in Baltimore, which is where Otacon is. Just like, there's always a goddamn yard house. What's and there's one by the Washington like State Convention Center. Okay, so for our Canadian listeners, what's a what's the yard house? Imagine, I'm going to say, it's somewhere between Boston Pizza and Earl's. Ah, oh, it's a chain restaurant. Like, it's an upscale chain pub. But it's not, like, at the same level as Earl's. Okay, so it's... What would be in between Boston Pizza and Earl's? Would that be, like, Milestones? Milestones or Moxie's? Yeah, I could see Moxie's. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because, the, like, the Moxie's in downtown Calgary is super close to uh, the TELUS convention. Well, actually, there's a Milestones across the street from where the Calgary convention is. Actually, I think there's a Milestones very close to the convention in Vancouver, too. I want to say because uh, the convent, the anime revolution is at the uh, the cruise ship terminal. Yeah, no, it's funny we we're talking about homelessness near an arena. When I was in Portland, I found that to be like that because like where we were staying, we were staying at the hotel right next to the arena. Right. The only thing that separated was this little bridge, and there was like homeless people on both sides of the sidewalk, and you're like, Ugh. oh, but I don't know. I was thinking maybe the next year or two, I might. Because my sister lives in California, that I might either fly or drive down to California and go watch games down there. Right. Yeah, because she lives fun. in the Bay Area, so I'd go see San Jose for cheap. Yeah. yeah. Might as well. Ooh. Okay, remember we are talking about the mascot Royal Rumble? What about Sharky? He's a shark. Can't go wrong. He may not have that dog in him, but he's got that shark in him. Yeah. Because he's a shark. Yeah, no, uh... that could be fun. That could be fun. I love our random episodes, Tim. I love it. <laughs> I always forget how big Seattle is, though. Mm-hmm. Like the Seattle metropolitan area, I always forget just how far Tacoma is from Seattle. And it's funny because if you were to drive out of downtown Seattle into Portland, not Portland, uh, sorry, Tacoma, you would not really think it's that far. But then you drive into it and you're like, oh, there's the Tacoma Dome, which is fucking massive it's like right next to the highway it's like we drove past it or went to portland and we're like holy shit there's tacoma dome and katrina's yeah. like what's that and i'm like that's it's right it's that thing that's where all of those commercials talking about like random sales are no by a truck monster jam is monster jam at the tacoma dome you know what's hilarious is like i'm sure katrina's probably just shaking her head if she'll hear this part when we were in Washington State, we were driving past like Fred Myers and all these stores that I grew up listening hear, hearing their ads on TV. And I'm like, there's a Fred Meyer. She goes, You want to go to the one? I'm like, no, that thing's no, hard. Oh, it's get just to. a grocery store. I know, oh. but I remember the commercials. Years ago, did I ever tell you about the time that I was in uh Rochester and I walked to a freaking Fred Myers at midnight? Yes. It, it, oh yeah that that yeah that was after that the first time we had uh joseph on but uh yeah 
I went to a Fred Myers. I'm like, this is just a Safeway. Yeah. But there's but but the commercials. The commercials. And if you go at midnight, you might see a you might see a sting. Yeah, it's like when we went to Target in Bellingham. It was just like it's just a gr- it's just a big grocery store. Yeah, with I I didn't know you could just have like a hundred different varieties of uh, granola bars on one shelf, and all of them had peanuts in them. Literally all of them. Oh, it's brutal. I, did, I didn't know how that could have been a thing. Well, it's like we went into the freezer section and we found the Uncrustables, which my sister's boyfriend loves. Like when they were in California, they went to a Target and he literally bought everything from them. He was back with like six or seven boxes. But yeah, but yeah no, highly recommend Climate Pledge Arena. Okay, Tim, so let's segue into the third and final game of the evening. Sens versus Canucks. This is a 5-2 to two Canucks victory. Sens goes scored by Claude Giroux and... Nick Holden. I was going to say John Holden, but no, it's Nick Holden. Canucks goals are scored by Andre Kuzmenko with two, JT Miller, Nails Amon, and Sheldon Dries. Those are not real players, are they? Yeah, and we lost to that. I know. Shots were 30-20 Canucks. See, if I had the clip on my laptop, you know what? Or on my computer. You know what soundbite I would use from The Simpsons? The stop, stop, they're already dead. No, I can do one better. Oh, okay. okay Put it in you, post. Do you remember the episode Krusty Gets Cancelled? Yes. Where, uh, Itchy and Scratchy goes to the Gabo show and he has the Worker and Parasite cartoon. And it cuts to Krusty with the cigarettes going, what the hell was that? <laughs> That's all I thought of. And you and I were talking about this before we hit record after you went to the game last night. It was like, if I went and actually spent my hard-earned money to watch the Sens play like that, by the sec- end of the second period, I probably would have left. I was sitting at, at, you know, with Katrina. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this team? Like, how hard is it to shoot? Like, fuck! Well, the other thing is, it's like, <sighs> they Kodger rings one off the post in the first 30 seconds of the game. Yep. And then, like, Ottawa's just buzzing, and then they get, like, a like a really bad penalty gets called. Like, that penalty call was bad. And then all of a sudden, all the momentum's gone for the rest of the period? Yeah. Like, no. Like, I have the stat here, Tim. 50 minutes into the game. Do you want to guess how many shots Ottawa had? 10. 16. Oh, okay. We were in the category. Like, I don't even think it all the time that we've done the show. We've even had a game where we had less than 20 shots. This is talking, and we're talking about like the complete teardown of the Sens of 2017. Yeah. We've never had a game where we got under 20 shots. We barely got 20. Yeah. It was like in the last, what, 10 minutes we finally scored? Yeah. And it was just a really frustrating game to watch because it was like any time it felt like Ottawa was about to get some momentum, they would just do something. Like, the, they let in another shorthanded goal and then all of a sudden the second period's over. Yep. Like, 
the thing is, it's like this week, this road trip, there's been four games, two good efforts. And the coach, some of this is, has to be on the coach. Like the inability, like the team just wasn't able to break Vancouver's cycle. The defense outside of Shikard and Shabbat was woeful. Like really only eight players showed up. Shikran, Shabbat, Stutzla, Kachuk, Giroux, Watson, Kastelik, and Broussard. Yeah. Actually, Austin Watson won a fight in this game. Yeah, and convincingly too, and the, that didn't do anything. Yeah. So I do have sorry, I do have two comments to make here on these players. So Brady to Chuck. He, he I have to give him credit. Like he did have some really nice looks in this game. The guy just couldn't finish. Yeah. Lots of misses. Just couldn't hit the broad side of the barn, too. But uh, Thatcher Demko played very well. Obviously, he wasn't tested very often, but he played played great. He he really until did. that last five minutes. Yeah, I think I, by the third period, I'd really had checked out. I was just like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Now Tim Stutzla didn't score, but he had two assists. The guy now has 70 points on the season as of this game. Yeah, he's been great. You have him for eight more years. Had eight billion. Oh, like, my God. That is a good contract. Now, I actually didn't realize this, Tim. Now, do you want to hear a really cool stat after the game last night? So this is from Stat Center. Now, TSN does their stats. They have a whole stats account. Okay, so they put on a post last night. Most career goals by a player within their first three seasons with the Ottawa Senators. All right. Yep. So from five to one, Brady has 60. Martin Havlat has 65. Alexei Yashin and Tim Stutzler are tied at second. 66. Oh, Daniel wow. Lufton has 67. Big no, Stutzler is going to be a star. Honestly, Dude, he probably already is. If this if I swear, if he scores two more, he overthrows Alvi. And I would like to emphasize when I say this, we have him for eight more years at an unreal contract. Yeah, no, that that signing was incredible for incredible work by Pierre Dorian. And like, honestly, I kind of hope Pierre Dorian stays like the team he's built, like it looks pretty good. He just, they just need to kind of. I think once Josh Norris is healthy, that second line's going to look a lot better because Shane Pinto isn't it. I mean, he's got. I think he's at twenty right now. 20. He's at twenty, but that what that line just looks disjointed. Yeah. Should we just get the Calgary game over and done with? Sure, if you want to talk about it, that's two. Sens yeah. versus Flames. This is a four to one loss. Goal scored by Rasmus Anderson, Lindholm, Jonathan Huberdeau, Noah Hannafin, and Trevor Lewis. Lone Ottawa goal was a gift wrapped shot for Tim Stutzla into an open net. Nobody told the Senators they were playing. Game sucked. You know what? I'm glad I didn't even really watch that game last night because I was too busy doing stuff around the house. I was just like, I'll have it on, but I'm not going to follow it. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is it looks like both like both Shabbat and Matthew Joseph were injured during the game. 
Joseph during the first five minutes and Shabbat at the end of the second, early third. Just for whatever reason, it looked like Ottawa was just choking the whole game. Anytime the puck came near their stick, it was just gone. Passes to Flames players, passes to nowhere. Just nothing connecting. The only good player on the ice for Ottawa was literally Eric Brandstrom. Yeah, who got absolutely manhandled at one time by Huberto. Yeah. And somehow, that was probably the one that might have been the probably the most frustrating part of that game was Huberto got the power play out of that interaction. Mm-hmm. Which was just stupid, but whatever. It's not like Ottawa made made themselves any breaks. No, and like I said, I'm I'm glad I didn't watch this game. Yeah, so at this point this was a this was a this was a game that Ottawa had to win and uh, they didn't even come out. Just uninspired play. Something very funny is happening in uh, the Buffalo Sabres Leafs games though. It is a duel of former Ottawa goalies with Matt Murray versus Craig Anderson. All you you know, all you need right now is there was a meme floating around of Peter watching like the shrew and the thing going, that's right. Entertain me. (laughs) Yeah. What about the Leafs can't do their fucking job. What about the, what about the Sabres? They lost what 10 to four or whatever the other night. Oh, against the stars. Yeah. Yeah. That was wild. But right now they're tied with the Leafs. And if the Leafs could do their freaking job and Austin Matthews could uh, really remunerate me for picking him third overall in our goddamn hockey pool. Yeah. Like, man. I should not be third in that league. Especially with the, the picks that I made. I honestly haven't even looked at it in the longest time. Fair. Honestly, just said I'm sixth right now. Not bad. Uh, Tim, you're fourth right now. Fourth? Yeah. That's Bush? Yep. I guess that's what happens when all my players get injured. Again. Again. So, Tim, do you have any more comments you want to make on these games before we head off to the close for another episode? No. I think we're all good here. Okay. Actually, I do want to make one more comment about the Canucks game. It's great to see that a lot of our West Coast Sens fans showed up to Rogers Arena. Nice. Our friend Trevor Shackles was at the game. Our bod Sean was at the game. And I had a fun interaction with him. And I says, oh, the one time I decided not to go, he's like, why didn't you go? Because you didn't communicate with me, man. <laughs> Heartbroken. I even had him on the podcast, even. <laughs> you couldn't do it. And we did the playoff episode. <laughs> but it's great to see that a lot of the Sens fans in Vancouver showed up for the game. I unfortunately didn't. I, I no mean, regrets. fair. I have no regrets. I went to see Cocaine Bear instead. And at least with that, I wasn't really that disappointed. Yeah. And you only paid like 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the third line plug. Sens gas. I hope you've enjoyed it. Cause believe me, Tim and I, 
Love recording it for you. You can find the show on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at Third Line Plug. You can find me on both at Great White Gipster, and you can find Tim on Twitter, but not Instagram, at M901 on a Badger. So, Mr. Jensen, generally, I would say that we got four games to talk about for next week. We only got three games. We had yep. last night stinker against the Flames. Tuesday night, we travel up the road to Edmonton, play the Edmonton Oilers. Thursday, we return home to play the Colorado Avalanche. And Saturday. Next week's episode is the Ruthless Sense Gresham edition. The Toronto Maple Leafs come to Ottawa once again. Yeah, I wonder which version of the Sens will show up. Hopefully the version of the Sens that, you know, actually wins. Yeah. This is going to be a really tough two weeks for the Senators, and uh, let's just hope they play well. Until next time, guys. I am your host, Luther Gibson. And this has been Tim Yeah, Yeah, this has been Tim Jensen. Go Woo!